Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Anne. And I'm Kendra. And thank you for listening to Hannah's Heart today. You that's can find right. us... On all the platforms. All of the places. Well, <laughs> or Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We would love to hear from you. You can also email us at Hannah's Heart um, at afa.net. We love hearing from our listeners and forming a community. That's right. That's right. So today, in my opinion, she's a very special guest. Um, she's one of my dear friends. We've known each other for a while now. That song, it talks about old friends that you can't make old friends, but I'm like, I feel like she's an old friend by now. Mm-hmm. Um, she's one of those. Uh, so anyway, I have on one of my good friends, Emily, today on the show. Can you say hey? Hey. Thank <laughs> you for letting me come. We've talked about doing this show for a while now, and right. I haven't gotten you on here, but today. <laughs> I finally talked her into coming on. Um, So I'm excited that you're here. Well, thanks for having me. I think we need to schedule these like once a month so that we can have like conversations. Time to see each other. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I emailed her. I was like, maybe we'll have some adult conversation without like, hey, come here, come here, child, come here, child. Um, So anyway, I'm excited. I was excited for you and Kendra to get to meet too Mm -hmm. and for you to meet Mark, our great producer in the Mm -hmm. back. Yep. Um, But uh, so Emily, we met, I was trying to remember what year it was. It's been a while ago now. Uh, maybe like seven years, maybe seven or eight years, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Um, we worked at the same place and, uh, we became good friends then. And then our hubbies met and they became good friends and we've stuck around ever since. So that's been fun. Um, getting to live life together. We've gone through lots of good times and then there's been some very hard times in there too. But, uh, it's, it's been neat how the Lord has, uh, used, I feel like your friendship to grow my relationship with Christ and then. And yeah, you've brought out a lot of good things about me too, I feel like. And well, then same. <laughs> some, some things I've needed to be challenged on too. So, um, but tell us about your hubby and about your girlies real quick. Okay. So I'm married to Brandon and we have three sweet little girls, house full of girls and yes. emotions and all of things. <laughs> all of the things. Um, yes. And we just sold our house in the past year and we moved back to my hometown to Mantachi and we are in the middle of remodeling my in grandparents Mississippi, house. for those that don't know. Yes, yeah. Mississippi. Mantachi, Mississippi. Very it's a special place. You can hear this, <laughs> the accent. Yes. <laughs> yes. It has, what, does it have two red lights? No red lights. No red lights. <laughs> zero, zero red lights. We have a four-way stop. There you go. Ooh, that's something to brag about. <laughs> uh, okay, so you're redoing your grandparents' house right now. Yes. We, like, the us. depths of yes. that. Yes. So, so, so y'all are living in the basement? We live, yes. We all live five of you live in a basement oh, wow. right now. Yes, all three girls are sharing a room. <laughs> that's we character building right there. It really yes. is. Yes. <laughs> 
Oh my goodness. Well, maybe it won't last too long. It won't be forever, right? Yeah, right. It's a, what is it? What do people say? It's a season. Yeah. It's just a season. When you say season, I feel like it sounds so much nicer than <laughs> what it is. It's just a season. Um, but yeah, so y'all live in Mantachi. You got three pretty girls, lots of big emotions, very sweet emotions too, though. They're all very sweet. They are. Um, so anyway, um, but yeah, so why you are on the show today is a little different than why women are normally on the show. A lot of times women come on here talking about infertility and that they've had trouble getting pregnant, and that's not necessarily part of your story, but you have had some disappointment growing your family in the very beginning. So if you don't mind, if we could just get into that, because mm. I think that is when I first met you. Y'all were, yeah, I think, think so. in the beginning stages of the adoption process. Yeah, I think so. Mm. So um, just to start off and to be completely honest, I uh, have not thought about this for a, quite a while. I kind of push it back to the back mm. of my brain just because it is a tender topic. And mm. um, in the middle of it, we were... Well, I'll get to that, but it's it's kind of been busy since then, and mm. so uh, I haven't fully processed it. So I told Anne I'm very thankful that I'm on the show because it has given me a chance to kind of think through emotions mm. and just the process of it all. But um, before Brandon and I were ever married, I worked at an orphanage in Honduras and wow. for several summers, and Brandon took multiple trips to orphanages in Peru and China, and so we wow. both had a heart for— overseas um, mm. for babies over there without mm. mamas and daddies. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever we got married, we both knew, like we both knew that we wanted children and we both um, had a heart for these babies. And we were talking with friends and they were about to be in the adoption process. And um, just some of the things that they were saying that they were um they were having trouble conceiving, and so the sheet of paper was just things that they needed to acknowledge, and one of those was I acknowledge that um, adopting this baby is a second choice. Like mm. This is not my first plan. Mm. This is not what I had planned, and um, I felt that for my friends. I knew that that was, you know, they would have loved to have had a baby right, themselves, right. but at the same time, there was a part of me that was like, oh, this baby— is a second choice. Mm. And so I, I told Brandon, I said, I I would want our baby to be the first choice. Oh, and wow. so um, we both decided that we were going to do adoption. And so then, then there was the question of overseas or domestic. And with us both being overseas several times, um, I, it wasn't really a question. We both felt like the Lord was telling us this is, what you're going to do. And so we started the process yeah. of overseas adoption. What you just said about the first choice, second choice thing, I think is so important because for couples that have struggled with infertility, um, you do have to acknowledge the the loss first yeah. before yeah. you can get to the place where this is my first choice, but you've got to get there in your heart where like, so um, it this doesn't is not feel a cons- like consolation prize. Right. Yeah. Right. This is very a real, they are fully my child if, yeah. if we get to have them. Yeah. Important. Yeah. So you began that process and what did that look like? That looked like um swimming through paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> we we um 
we went to a few different agencies and we decided on one and we were young whenever we started the process and so a lot of countries you had to be 25 years old mm. or you had to be married for five years and we didn't meet any of those or I didn't at the I think Brandon was 25 and I was not 25 yet and um so we had a few to select from and we chose a country and um that we met all the criteria and we started that and it looked like um just a lot of paperwork a lot mm-hmm. of fundraising because we were mm-hmm. young and um so we had family and friends to help us we did lots of fundraisers um and it was so sweet seeing people, um, some people that I was close to, some people that I wasn't as close to, just trying to do everything that they could to help us. Um, and we also had, uh, my cousin was also living with us at the time, and she also had to go through paperwork because she was in our house. I forgot so, about that. Yep. Lots of time, lots of money. Yeah. Did you have your biological daughters at this point? No. Okay. So this is the beginning of your yes. marriage journey. Okay. Yes. I think we have been married three or four years when we okay. decided to start the process. Wow. So unique that God laid that on your heart in that order. I love how everybody's story is different. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And if if you know Emily, which some people that will listen to this will know Emily, they know that whenever Emily gets something on her heart, mm-hmm. on your mind, you tackle that <laughs> with all your might. <laughs> So, like, if you need help, like, yeah, the fundraiser thing, like, you just, mm. like, picked up and did. Like, I mm. I just remember watching you being like, how do you know how to put on a fundraiser? Like, but you mm. did. Well, like, and I'll say I had tons of community and support. Like, a lot of the things, we did this sweet little princess mm-hmm. party where moms brought their little girls and oh. my friends dressed up as princesses and they got to meet Stop. and so it was it was really sweet <laughs> yeah. um we did a big yard sale and like mm. my living room was like you, you had to make a little path to go <laughs> through to get to the other side of the house um, did t-shirts yes we did t-shirts and people would send in money like the shirts were i don't know 15 20 and they would write a check for like 50 100 mm. and so um yeah, it was really sweet so to see the community. You really had to give of yourself before the adoption process mm-hmm. really even started. Yeah. Like that had to um, make you feel even more and more tied to that oh, yeah. future yeah. child. Yes. Did you have a, a baby picked out at this point? No, we didn't. We um we were so kind of how the process went of it falling through. Um We had in our mind of what, you know, we had a little notebook. It was black and white stripe with gold lettering that said Baby Kennedy. And we would write letters in it Mm. to the baby. Um, But so the country that we chose, um, they were non-Hague accredited at the Mm. time, which being Hague accredited basically means it's an ethical way to do an adoption. So it was good that they were becoming Hague accredited, but mm. we had done all of the paperwork, paid mm. all of the money, done all of the things, and we were just waiting, and we were, I think, wow. eighth on the list. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this is how long into it? The process? Like, are we talking a like year, a year? Okay. I think wow. a year, a year and a half. Yeah, so and y'all were in this. We Yes, we were ready, sitting on go, waiting for a baby. We would get the emails of where we were in line, and um, actually... I had become pregnant in the process of that while we were waiting. And um, so we were like, oh, we get a baby here and a baby there. (laughs) You know, we were excited. And I remember 
I feel like my whole life is remodeling a house. And so <laughs> when I was pregnant with my oldest, um, whenever I found out, we were remodeling our house and we were working on the bedroom. So we had the bed in the living room. And I remember <laughs> I remember taking a nap, um, being very pregnant and waking up and seeing the email that. So what had happened was uh, the country was becoming Hague accredited. And so they were changing their whole process of what oh. they were doing. And so um, we could still be in line, mm -hmm. but we had to go all the way back. And so we had to pay um, everything that we had already paid, and we lost what? about $20,000. No. <laughs> and, um, yeah. What? And so, and, and whenever, Where did that money go? Yeah. So it was every, so they have a dossier that it's basically all of our information, and they had to translate it, and that cost all the money and Come writing on. and the home studies cost the money. And so basically all the money that we had spent, um, poof, every, yeah, it was gone. What? And so we could go back and we could do it again, but that was not promised. And right. so, and at this point you're probably not feeling a whole lot of partnership and trust with this no, no, organization. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and about to have a baby yeah. and all the things. And so it was just, we, we prayed, wow. we, we, even after they sent that email saying um, that we would have to go back through to get the accreditation that we needed, we still prayed about it and, you know, would this still be an option? And um, we neither of us felt that mm. it was um, that we needed to pause there. So what did you kind of like? conversations did you have with God after you got that email? Like, what did your... I was sad. I, I, cried. <laughs> I cried. Which, I mean, of course, I was very pregnant, so the emotions were everywhere. But I I was just like, I, I thought, like, we were clear on that. And I, yeah. I did. I asked God. I was like, I, I, but, like, it wasn't just me that mm. knew that you had said that we needed to do this, but my, my husband, too, Brandon. Like, we both were in agreements that this is what the Lord was telling us. And, um... We were talking about it today, though, this morning, Brent and I were just kind of talking over everything, and I was thinking this, and he said it after I said it, but um, now, being, mm -hmm. you know, five or six years removed from mm -hmm. it, we see, like, the story of Abraham and Isaac, where mm -hmm. um, the Lord tells Abraham to go up mm -hmm. on the hill, and... Um, it wasn't the outcome. It, it changed, you know, uh, thankfully for right, Abraham right. and Isaac. But um, it was the, a test. Yes, it was a test. And mm. um, we felt like obedience was what we were supposed mm -hmm. to be doing in that season. And so um, it wasn't necessarily, you know, are you going to bring this baby home? It was just, are you following in every situation? Are you doing what... Um, I've called you to do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so powerful, Emily. My my husband and I had a very similar um, conversation with the Lord when we had our first miscarriage because we'd had thousands of dollars of fertility treatments that we really prayed, Lord, do you, are you calling us to go this route mm -hmm. or is it in, in our own emotion? And we really felt the Lord leading us to do that. And then it felt like, well, did you lead me into this miscarriage? Did you lead me right. into this grieving for you? Did you lead me into this awful email? And how many people in your community had rallied around mm -hmm. you? Mm -hmm. um, and that's exactly what God spoke to my heart. He said, I called you to be obedient. There's a blessing and a reward for you. Um, regardless of the outcome. Like right. you don't obey me to get something. You obey right. me to obey me. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and I remember one thing as 
as I was getting the outline ready for today, I, it was taking me back on conversations that we had had over it. Um, and how we talked about like, what if all these prayers that you've been praying this whole time really were meant for a specific child? Mm. You know, those that journal that you started that you will always have. In one way, you're still yearning, I feel like, for that baby. Mm. And that might be the rest of your life because yeah. you had a child pictured, you know. Yeah. And so... But you had a country that I had never heard of. <laughs> um, and now all of a sudden, like, I literally the other day, I saw something of Jane. She has random house shoes that are made in this country. Really? And, like, it literally made me stop and pray for this country because, yeah, I, you know, like, my heart started going over there, mm-hmm. you know, praying for y'all's baby that was going to come. And so I do think, somehow God does work Mm -hmm. it all Mm -hmm. out for good. Um, Even though, yeah, I feel like it's even a hard thing to talk about today because like your body did not experience a miscarriage, but in a way your heart did. The loss was just as real. Yeah. 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 And in some ways, even more devastating because of how much effort you'd put forward. Like, right. you know, some people it's, get pregnant and they didn't know that they right. were pregnant and then yeah. they lose it. But you, you'd been spending a year fundraising. Yeah. Um, I, I could imagine um, many parents that experience what you went through would, would go through a season of anger, mm-hmm. um, especially with the system, because obviously yeah. Yeah. you're not mad at a specific kid when an adoption fails, but, um, the fact that $20,000 went poof tells mm-hmm. me there's some greed somewhere. I don't know who right. yes. who and how, yes. but right. somebody has been um, not putting the needs of these children because you and your mm-hmm. husband witnessed from, from going to orphanages, there are real needs. You have right. seen the faces For of sure. real need. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how, what would you say to a parent that might be struggling with anger if they've had a failed adoption? So um, one of the verses, whenever we were going through the adoption is James one twenty seven and pure and genuine religion is caring for orphans and widows. But then mm. the second part of that is to not let yourself be corrupted by the world. Mm. And so I was like, <laughs> there is what you were saying. Mm. There's there's some corrupt mm. things going on. I cannot let this turn me into wow somebody bitter. yes a a bitter corrupt person that wants um retaliation and so mm-hmm. and and also i like what y'all are saying of like um the dependence on the lord in that season it's like would i have wanted to do this you know if i had the opportunity to do this again would i i i don't know because Yes, because I think that the Lord does work all things out for our good and our glory. There was a in His glory, um, but there was uh, a feeling of like letting everybody else down. Talking mm. about the community of just yes. like I had a friend that I worked with in the orphanage in Honduras, and we became really, really close friends. She photographed our wedding, and um, we we she lives in Colorado, and so we would visit to see her mm. on holidays and. She sent a very, very large amount. She felt like the Lord was telling mm. her um, to save up some money and uh, close to 10000 She helped wow. pay for half of our adoption. And wow. just a feeling of, you know, they've, they've given all of yeah. this and I've let my friend down and, mm. you know, and I've done this. Um, so there's that I would not want to do again. Mm. Um, but I feel like it made me so much more dependent on the Lord. And um, 
you know, it's like, what are these jars of clay? And, I, like, myself might have been, like, cracked, but that's mm. when it lets the light in, lets the Lord mm. come into those places and also shines a light and can be there for other people mm-hmm. who've been in that same situation right. and feel angry of a failed adoption. Right. What would you say to someone who is now contemplating, like, I've now heard this scary story. <laughs> I don't and, know if I want to do it anymore. Uh, I thought I felt called to adopt, <laughs> but... Or how can you avoid uh, yeah, that um, kind of a situation? You know, I I think they're not all like... It, not every adoption is an adoption mm-hmm. that's fallen through. Um, I think there are some very, very good stories of people who adopt internationally and yeah. domestically. And I We have say, some friends right now. That they're that are, about to get their they're baby. They're about to get their baby. <laughs> She's actually been yes. on the show before. Oh, Jessica. Yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We yes. need to follow up with her. Yes. Um, and so, I like, there is good from that. And I, if the Lord is calling you to something, go, like, do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, after we uh, decided that this was not what we had planned, um, you know, you get feedback from everybody, <laughs> and it, sometimes it's things that are good to hear, and then sometimes it's like, eh, I probably could have said that a little different. But um, everybody has an opinion. Yes, <laughs> yes. You. And so you get, and and I remember after, like after we decided, um, I was in a Facebook group from people who had adopted from this place, and I got a message from one lady, and she was like, "Don't give up the." The kids over there need you. And then I got messages from other people saying, um, we have kids here that need Mm, help. and and Rip your heart out. Yeah. And so it's just like you have all of these different things telling you, but you have to stick to what, you know, the Lord has said. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to be reminded too, because just because there is a need doesn't always mean that God's calling you to meet it. Right Right. now in this season of your life. Um, That's where it really takes discernment of the Holy Spirit to know in each situation to not be overcome by emotion Mm -hmm. Um, because the the need in in the whole world is great. Otherwise, we'd all have 50, 11 kids. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So going forth or actually looking back, do you feel like you were able to take good from that situation now that you can look back either your parenting today as your mama to these babies that you didn't have to adopt you know like do you feel like that impacts you at all today yeah I do I um it definitely like I said grew my relationship with the Lord and um with Brandon too and mm. um also well it led me to foster care here yeah. which mm. Groove. I feel like our relationship sure. because <laughs> um, long story short, there she had two children through foster care in her home, and then we, my husband and I, got very close to them. They come, they leave the system, they come back into the system, and then they come to our home. The same children. The same children. Wow. Okay. And so twice now. So our we've become family. I feel mm. like through through them. So mm. yeah. And even with their mom now, it's a great situation now. But uh, I feel like y'all have a very close relationship in a different way and then we do. So, yeah. So did you feel called to do fostering um, to adopt or like fostering just to like however long the Lord brings children into your home? That was it. We had originally, you know, thought Mm -hmm. foster to adopt and then it kind of turned into whatever. Yeah, we'll just have. So we had had Nolly Mae. She was probably a year Mm. Not quite a year. I was pregnant with Ruby. Yeah. So um, 
in between my older two girls is mm. when we decided to do foster care. And um, at first we thought foster to adopt. And then we talked to some friends that were foster and they were like, don't really go into it with that mindset. Right. One one friend of mine was like, it's literally no such thing as yeah. foster to adopt. <laughs> wow. Like, don't let people fool you. <laughs> right. Because most situations, the plan is for reunification. Right. And right. Um, that's another system that... Uh, ha- <laughs> Another show entirely. <laughs> just, just the idea of um, we live in a fallen, broken world. Yeah. And there's some amazing people in the fostering system. Yes, there's yeah. some amazing mm-hmm. um, social workers who are fighting for the needs of these kids. But I think all of us could agree there's a, a huge need for reform. Yeah, a huge need in people to stand up and Fight. do something about yeah, it. Yeah, for the actual needs of the kid. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just reminded of Genesis and the fall of man. But even um, in the midst of our fallen, broken world, um, God sent his son, Jesus. That's right. <laughs> um, and th- praise God for Christians who will fight for the needs of children um, despite the corruption that exists. Yeah, for sure. Emily, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed getting to talk to you. And we weren't even thank interrupted you. by kids. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I thank y'all. Thank you guys for listening to Hannah's Heart again. Like we've already said, you can find us on all kinds of platforms and we hope to have you back next week. <laughs>